When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting uh, of NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts. I'm back. Had a couple days off uh, after, uh, um, you know, and I miss everybody. I miss being on the show, talking with Kyle and, and, and dumping information on you guys, but um, appreciate everyone bearing with me sometimes life happens and you get it's tough to to line up schedules but um, I'm back and and ready to talk about the southeastern conference where the best football players in the world play what's up Cal? now 
I just want to clarify. Yeah. Did you take a couple days off for schedule conflicts, or were you still mourning the Sammy Watkins yeah. trade? No, yeah, let's be honest about it. I, I've, I've been – I am not over that. Joseph. What's up, man? Have you talked to anyone about the breaking news? The breaking news regarding Ezekiel Elliott? No, about the Buffalo Bills. What do I need to know? <laughs> they just traded Sammy Watkins, dude. What happened? No, what are you talking about? They traded Sammy Watkins to the Rams for EJ Gaines in a second round pick. Kyle, if that's true, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. It's true, dude. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and they traded uh, Ronald Darby for Jordan. Kyle, Kyle, I can't do this, man. I can't do this. <laughs> Kyle, I I really can't do this. This is unbelievable. I swear to God, it's true. They tweeted from the official account. I'm hoping they're hacked, man. That that's. That's not okay, dude. They have graphics and everything. Kyle, I gotta, re- I gotta investigate this. I need, I need a minute. I need a minute. Okay, you go, you go do your thing. I just, I, I figured you would need to know. Yeah. As this, soon as possible, and this just came out. So this is horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 as as much as I'm trying to find the silver lining in trading away a game changing wide receiver and a number one cornerback in their rookie deals to build for the future. As much as I'm trying to find the silver lining in that, I still can't do it, Kyle. Um, Unless these guys are just – there's some layers behind the scenes, off-field stuff, just from a personality perspective, just not meshing. I'm not not picking up with Brandon Bean's laying down at all. Well, you know, you could tell with your initial reaction when I called you to inform (laughs) this – this decision and bring it to your attention, uh, you were like shook, like really shook. Like, you know, you would have thought from the outside looking in, not being somebody that's in that front office, that uh, Sammy Watkins and, and Ronald Darby are two of the pieces that you build your future around. And they decided now, you know, we're just going to whitewash it and start over. And um, you know, I, I like the pick allocation. But the pick, the coveting of draft picks in, in the NFL is strange to me for the fact that you have a known asset in a player and you would rather have a second-round draft selection than a known commodity. And that's I always wrestle with that myself when I'm, I'm you know, looking at trades and looking at you know draft capital and, and how to, to covet it. Uh, Sammy Watkins, he was the fourth overall pick. The talent level was there. It was, it was more of a question of durability with him and, and staying consistently healthy. But well, I could tell you as a Dolphins fan, I'm very glad to see Sammy Watkins go. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting Sammy Watkins in the second round. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, and EJ Gaines, I mean, Lord, I hope he's hope his foot's right. But, you know, he's he's been up and then down. But, uh, uh, man, yeah, it's tough. Um Again, unless there's some type of just something bonkers off the field, or 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 the Bills didn't want to retain him, and so the thought process was let's go ahead and and get something for him, and that still baffles me because I don't know how you watch Sammy Watkins 100% healthy like he is right now and not think anything other than let's get this guy 200 targets this year. No, nah, they're like let's just no give me a, a middling cornerback and a second round pick and and move on. I don't know, man. Uh, Joe just got to trust the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's trust the process. <laughs> so the Bills got two ones, two twos, two threes, 
And uh, I guess it'll be pretty lit on draft day for me. Yeah, we're going to have a fun uh, fun draft broadcast next yeah, year. Yeah, trying, trying to keep your emotions to yourself with those takes. Yeah. I remember seeing how on edge you were uh, when the Bills selected uh, Nate Peterman. Yeah, this did. year, you know, we we were not live on the air for day three for our draft coverage, and you were pacing back and forth <laughs> anxiously for a sixth round draft pick. So, you know, two ones, two twos, and two threes, you're gonna have your hands full in the broadcast. Well, man. yeah, let's uh, fact or fiction, Kyle. Fact or fiction: the Bills will make two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, and two picks in the third round. Fact or fiction? That is easily fiction. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if this all just turns into one big, uh, one big pick. One big pick. We'll see. And if you know, whatever. If you do, you either got a, a quarterback, a, a high level quarterback, or you don't in this league. And I think that's maybe what we're uh, what we're dealing with. And, and I guess from the perspective of, it'd be nice to know that Tyrod Taylor is that guy, and, and maybe he is. Right? You've got uh, a scheme here with Rick Dennison that really lends itself to more timing, getting the ball out quick, uh, easier reads and stuff where that could complement Tyrod's deep ball and his, the stuff he does with his feet. And maybe, he, maybe it all comes together this year and you don't have to get a quarterback and you can just build the rest of the roster. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. A lot, lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, storylines to develop over the next six months. So, and that's why we're starting right here and right now by establishing our basis for each of the Power Five conferences, Joe. Yes. The journey all starts here. It does. So uh, SEC's got some good football players, huh? Yeah, yeah. And another news, water is wet. Yes, I know. <laughs> Shocking news. Um, it, would it be a stretch to say that the best, at this point right now, in your opinion, the best offensive and defensive prospect in the country play on the same team at LSU? You know what? Um, I mean, unless, the, you have to think about it at least. Yeah, uh, you can make a strong case. You know, I think some of these these quarterbacks, I mean, Sam Darnold might have something to say to you. Uh, Saint, you know, Barkley, Saquon Barkley might have something to say about it. But uh, um, maybe if you want to talk about maybe an offensive tackle, Connor Williams. But I mean, you, you could certainly make a case that Darius Geis and Arden Key are the are the premier players offensively and defensively going into this draft? And that's what when it's going to be so frustrating that that team goes nine and three. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Key. I mean, they they have said Key's probably not going to be ready for the beginning of the season, right? Um, kind of to be determined with his health status. I'm hoping we get a chance to see him healthy and yeah. and really showcase his skills. But I think the fact that you're having all these questions and all this. Uh, issue with him now almost guarantees if he plays you know, eight healthy games this year, he, he's good as gone. Like, lock him up yeah. as, a, as a, an early entry into the draft. You know, you just don't you don't have this high of buzz and momentum, and then if you put healthy games on tape, you just don't not take it yeah, length, for lack of you know proper grammar. Length, birth, burst and flexibility man uh, you get that in Arden Key you know he, he's got those premier pass rushing traits um, and you know if everything checks out you know this is the top of the first round guy for sure yeah and I'm interested to see uh, 
kind of what the the draft evaluation is of him versus uh, like a Harold Landry from Boston College or something like that because they they win similar, but I think he's got more thickness to his frame. He's probably got a better anchor. I'm curious what the divide is going to be between those two guys because you know we, we talk about a guy like Derek Rivers from Youngstown State. And obviously, there was a, a level of competition question with him as well, but he was lengthy, bendy, and bursty. And he ended up falling to the third round. Now, some of that, I'm sure, is level of competition and rawness. Uh, but Landry's not a great run defender either. No. So uh, just an interesting dynamic talking about top-end pass rushers to, for you guys to kind of keep an eye out for uh, throughout the season, throughout the offseason, and, and getting into the actual draft in, what, eight months from now or so. You know, uh, Darius Geis, fantastic talent. We've talked about him on the show. He's very elusive, got the power elements. He, he, you know, I think he's going to have a monster year with Matt Canada and that offense. There's some other good running backs in this conference too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick, I mean, Nick Chubb. You got Bo, Nick Chubb, Bo Scarborough, uh, Jordan Scarlett, uh, Ralph Webb, yeah. Sonny Michelle, uh, who John Sonny Ledger, Michelle. John Ledger ranks yeah. above. Nick Chubb going into the season, so everyone can go yeah. crap on now, him for that. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't give John too hard of a tie. I think a lot of that's based on Chubb's health. Yeah. And I I am going to have concerns if Chubb does not show explosiveness this year. You know, obviously, his injury was very ugly. Uh, it was a miracle that he was on the field against UNC for the season opener last year. I think that's a testament to his work ethic and just some great genes. Uh, but you could tell he was missing the juice that he had beforehand. So, I mean, if Chubb shows up and he's got the burst back, then, then yeah, I'm absolutely going to dog Ledger about, about if he still <laughs> has Michelle over top of him. But as of right now, I at least understand because I, I have – I love Chubb. Before the injury, I thought, yeah. you know, if he would have came out last year and had been healthy, I would have taken him above uh, Cook and Fournette. Now, I remember doing a, a draft rankings uh, of eligible players show, and I think it was October for Locked On last year, and I had Chubb said, you know, if Chubb's explosiveness starts to come back, I would take him above those two guys, and I still stand by that. It's just a question of if we get that, which I'm hoping we do. You know, I, I got a chance to go down to University of Georgia a few weeks ago to uh, cover uh, an event, uh, and I got to see Nick Chubbs, and, and, and I thought, man, from a uh, just – the way he looked in terms of stature, yeah, I just thought he looked great. Like, uh, just thick everywhere, no bad weight. I mean, you can just tell he was in peak shape, and um, he's moving around good. So I, I, I am optimistic that Nick Chubb is going to be the player we enjoyed two years ago this season. Um, you know, and then look at Bo Scarborough. Like, this dude's a freak, but his 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 injury history is just terrible. Um, but if he can stay healthy, yeah. you know, I think he's another really talented back, the running back for Alabama. Everybody should remember him from the playoffs last year. But uh, if uh, if he's healthy, man, that's another really good talent. And Ralph Webb, I've talked about him on the show as well. He's a really good football player, very consistent, balanced, uh, balanced runner who you know has those has all the traits of an NFL starter. So you know, I think this this running back group in the SEC could be really really good. And we didn't even talk about Harris for Alabama. Hey, Damian Harris, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're just uh, they pick them and pluck them. It's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, and that didn't even mention Jordan Scarlett for University of Florida, who yeah, is draft eligible as a junior. He's a physical runner, um, kind of the same cut 
as what you got from, like, Kelvin Taylor, I think. I think he's better than Kelvin Taylor, who came out from Florida, I believe it was 15 or 16. Uh, but that same style where he does a little bit of everything, but he, he runs hard. And he's got good pad level, good leg drive. So a lot of likable traits for a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um, when you look at this wide receiver group in the SEC, I think you've got some really nice football players. Uh, Antonio Callaway out of Alabama. Or excuse me, Antonio Callaway out of Florida. Calvin Ridley out of Alabama. And Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M are kind of the top three in my opinion. I really like Kirk. I got a chance to, to watch his film a few weeks ago and – you know, talk about a three-level threat, a guy who can take the quick stuff and make people miss in space. He runs good intermediate routes, and then he's got the speed to take the top off the defense. Really outstanding return guy. And uh, we've seen players like this get drafted, you know, high, this, some of the smaller receivers. Um, but I think that Kirk has a lot more wide receiver traits than a lot of those players in terms of, you know, tracking the football down the field and having good hands and the ability to compete at the catch point. Uh, I really like Kirk. And then, you know, Callaway, he's a, he's like Christian Kirk light, but, man, the off-field stuff with him is just piling up. Yeah, you know, with, get out of your own way. Yeah, he, you know, he's got the, the marijuana issues and, and some ties to, you know, some pretty bad people in, in, in the community. Uh, you know, the most recent thing where he's he bought things from the university school bookstore and, and without proper funds and then sold it. I mean, that just happened. Like what, what is going on? So, you know, look, he's a guy that's going to have, have plenty of questions to answer. And then Calvin Ridley, um, who's, you know, did you know, he's like 23 or 24, right? Cal, that's going to be the narrative with him. Uh, but, um, you know, he's made a lot of plays for Alabama. Um, I think he's been a little bit overshadowed by Ardarius Stewart, and you were certainly first to say that, you know, Stewart's a guy to watch over Ridley. But, um, you know, we'll see what Ridley does now is, is the is with no Stewart and kind of the focal point of that passing game with, with, a, uh, with a new offensive coordinator there who uh, will, I think will be a little bit more pro style than uh, what we saw from Lane Kiffin. So, uh, and then there's a lot of people that really like Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. I haven't had a chance to uh, to take a deep dive on him, but uh, you know we've got some good receiving talent here in this conference. Yeah, I was I was getting ready to throw Debo's name out there as another one to watch. Um, but yeah, if you remember correctly, Joe, when when I mentioned that Ardarius was a, a prospect I liked over Calvin Ridley, and you agreed with me, we had somebody. Uh, had some choice words for us on social media. And I want to defend that person right now, even though they they told us to uh, do some not nice things. Uh, Their argument was that Hurts as a quarterback uh, liked to look for Stewart. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, and that's okay. I think Ridley's a better player than what he's been able to showcase himself as, especially last year with a freshman quarterback. Uh, So I'm hoping Hurts is a little more efficient passing the football this year because I really like what Calvin Ridley brings to the table. He's a smooth route runner. Um, he, he can make some things happen in the short areas. If you get him a, a quick screen, he sets up blocks well. Um, good field vision. Once he has the ball in his hands, he's a natural ball carrier. So I do like him quite a bit. But I want to segue off of Debo Samuel and talk about a tight end uh, that I really like, like, which is Hayden Hurst. This is another older prospect. I believe he's going to be 23. Um, he was drafted out of high school for my, uh, Major League Baseball and played two years of Minor League Baseball 
before walking on at the University of South Carolina to play football. And he is a natural athlete, 6'5", 250. Um, he's like a big slot. I'm not asking him to play with his hand in the dirt, uh, but he's got tremendous ball skills, great hands. Uh, he runs okay routes. I will say when he runs some of his routes and he gets to the top of his route stem, he drifts a little bit. Uh, which I want to see cleaned up this year because that allows defensive backs to drive on the throws and kind of challenge him at the catch point. If he's more effective working back on subtle angles into the line of scrimmage, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina, and, and you know they got a young quarterback there and Debo Samuel and Hayden Hurst, they got weapons. This can be a team that can potentially turn the corner, and I really like what Hayden Hurst can bring as a middle-of-the-field receiver for them. So, uh, look at some of the other tight ends. Uh, I know uh, DeAndre Goolsby, Joe, I believe that's a guy you did for NET scouting, correct? Yeah, more of a move guy. Don't ask him to do anything in line, but uh, you know, some he's got some good movement skills. He's got some ball skills, uh, but you know, just he's he's just not going to be able to win in line at the next level. He doesn't have the the functional strength or the desire to block anybody. So he's um, who's the guy with the Eagles? Trey Burton. You know they. Yeah, Trey, Trey Burton. Yeah. So he's Trey Burton. Yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good com- comparison. You know, uh, Florida's been really good at getting those just kind of move fullback H back yeah. type of guys, and and they've uh, it all seems like almost all of them have found success. You know, uh, so that that certainly makes me interested in watching Goolsby to see if he's able to continue that trend of just, you know, they have the the requisite athletic ability uh, to at least make an impact on the NFL level. Yeah, Sionta Harris, I think, is the best tight end in Florida. I'm not sure if he's draft eligible this year. I don't think he is. But he's the guy that I think is going to be more of a more of a household prospect, you know, when when his time comes. The other other tight end option to think about in in the SEC is Ethan Wolf out of Tennessee. Um, really flashes when he gets chances – to make plays. He, he had, he's been underutilized a bit in that offense, but you know, when those opportunities present himself, I went back and watched every target that he had last season. You know, you saw ball skills, you saw good adjustments, you saw the ability to position himself at the catch point, uh, elevate for the football. And uh, he does some stuff traditionally where if you need him to block in line, he, he can do it, but he's really good in space. So if you're a team that runs a lot of outside zone and you're asking your tight end to get into the alley and block a safety or, or, get outside and seal off a linebacker's pursuit. You know, he's a guy that really excels at squaring up players in space and, and, and hitting consistently, you know, not a lot of whiffs. So, you know, I think he's got some value at a minimum in sub packages. And he's got, you know, I wrote an article about him, and I, the, the, the title of the article was that, you know, Ethan Wolf has a foundational skill set of an NFL tight end, and he does. And, and so I think, you know, you, you always see these types of players who, you know, not necessarily premier type prospects, but you know, you you need these guys that can can be that second tight end, or, or you know, if you want to run a bunch set, the the guy that can block, you know, for a receiver screen, that type of stuff. I think he can do that for you. So I think he's got some value. He's not an overly sexy player. I don't think he's going to make a ton of splash plays, but I think he's got a, an NFL skill set for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, looking over some of the offensive linemen in the SEC, just to kind of round out the offensive unit. Uh, Joe, I know you really like Martinez Rankin from Mississippi State. (laughs) You thought he came on down the stretch, right? He did. You know, he's interesting. He's a player that I've seen mocked in the first round by some players, and I'm like, not so fast on that. But um, 
he, he can move and he has length, and he got a lot better as the season went on. You just want to see a more consistent year. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of traits, man, he's he's got him. He's, he's got him. I just needed to be more consistent this year. And, and that's, you know, that's why he's playing football in his senior year. So uh, well, he, he does have a ton of upside. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call one 800 T-Mobile or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. And if you look through the rest of the offensive line groups, well, I think that one thing that stands out to me with the SEC this year is they lost a lot of offensive talent or offensive line talent to the NFL last year. You know, you, the Cam Robinson, Ethan Pokich, uh, the Florida Gators lost uh, Sharp. The offensive tackle went to Oakland. Um, so I'm not really sure. You're not really sure with some of the key positions for some of these big-name teams because they're introducing new players. I know Alabama's got uh, Bradley Bozeman and uh, uh, Roy Pierschbacher, I believe, is the other guard there. So, they, I mean, they've got some experienced starters back. But for a lot of these offensive units, uh, they're missing key pieces from last year that are being replaced with guys that we really don't know until we see them play what they're going to bring to the table. Yeah, if there's two, though, that I think, you know, experienced guys going into their senior season that I think are going to be nice football players. Braden Smith out of Auburn, he's a, he's a guard. He's going to kick out the tackle this year. I don't love that because I think he's really found a home at guard where he can handle that quick power on top of him and move it. And, and those same you – know, he's the reason you want to put him at tackle is because he's got the movement skills and some of the length you want outside. But, you know, he's proven to be able to handle that quick power, and, and, and I like how he fits it guard but we'll see how that goes that could be a little bit of a bump in the road for him we'll see but and then Frank Ragnow the center from Arkansas who I think is a really good football player he has a lot of length he has a lot of power he wins in space he can move ton of experience and he just puts people on their backs over and over again so you know there is a lot of uncertainty with this group but if there's two that I think you know what you're getting it's going to be those two players another guy to keep an eye on uh, as far as a guy that might take a jump this year is Martez Ivy out of Florida five-star guy he started since he walked on campus and you know this is that this is that year where you know you think it's all going to come together so if there's a sleeper not necessarily you know five-star guy is not really a sleeper but a guy who I think could really emerge this year become one of the better offensive linemen in this conference keep an eye on Martez Ivy out of Florida yeah, and I, I like Ragnall's a fun study for me because so many centers these days seems like they're more finesse, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're more lateral quickness and working out in space, and Ragnall can do that, but he's also <laughs> capable of just move uprooting you and moving you backwards against your will, and I think that will really set him apart in comparison to a lot of the center prospects that we've seen come through over the past couple of seasons because that power at the point of attack, you're not really banking on getting that out of a center. So when you find it, I mean, that's the cherry on top that really makes you stop and think, okay, what, what's a guy like this worth? Where do I, where, where do I covet a player like this with his, his natural skill set? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I guess kind of switching gears here to the defense exclusively, um, looking at these defensive linemen, 
you know, I, I don't know that this is a, a premier group like we're used to seeing out of the out of the SEC. Uh, just kind of looking over some of the top names, you've got you know Deron Payne from uh, Alabama, uh, Reggie McKenzie, another five-star guy that we're kind of waiting to take that next step out of Tennessee, uh, Dalen Mack out of Texas A&M, Trenton Thompson from Georgia. Uh, but we'll see. I think there's a lot of guys with with, with some talent there and talent. some upside. But you know, are they going to turn that into some playmaking ability this year? I, you know, I think it's a little bit of a down year for defensive linemen, uh, more you know, not necessarily edge guys, but you know, guys that are going to play exclusively. You know, in those with their hand in the dirt, you know, I, I don't, I, we're, we need some guys to emerge, and they probably will. But you know, right now, the defensive line, something that I, I'm not looking at and saying, oh wow, these are SEC premier prospects coming out. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know, I remember we did the ACC show, and Joe, you talked about how the ACC has built itself up to challenge as the best conference in football by following the. SEC model of dominating line play on both sides of the football. And here we are doing an SEC preview show, and like Deron Payne is really the only household <laughs> interior defensive lineman prospect in the entire conference yeah. to this point. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen him mocked up in the first round, and uh, he will certainly have every opportunity to showcase uh, his, his abilities working out at Alabama, you know, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson, they lost Tim Williams, they lost Ryan Anderson, they lost Ruben Foster. So experienced guys are, are really going to be linchpins that are essential to their success this year. And Payne being a guy that has game experience, uh, I think there's a great opportunity there for him to really establish his footing as one of the top interior defensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of talent. I just think it needs to materialize and, and become players that we're comfortable with as prospects. You know, just the household names right now, you know, even compared to the ACC, not there with you know what, what yeah. NC State has and what Clemson has, what Florida State has, and Miami. You know what I mean? I just it's weird <laughs> that I'm admitting this because I'm I kind of be I'm kind of an SEC guy through and through. Right now, I, I think the defensive tackles are better in the ACC, but we'll see. You're in ACC country, so you, let's... You always say that. <laughs> you are. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I mean, you've got all of North Carolina is ACC country. It is. You've got what, three schools within two hours of each other? Three, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And Clemson's pretty close, too, so... Well, there you go. I guess you're a, you're an ACC guy now. Well, you know, hey, look, I also can, can tell <laughs> South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee aren't too far off either. So uh, right Georgia's up. a little hike for you, isn't it? No, I just was just there. It's about three hours. Oh, that's a little hike. Four hundred twenty-eight miles round trip, Kyle. Just put that on the that's, expense report. So <laughs> that's a little hike. <laughs> yeah. So West West Virginia's uh, three hundred miles from me. So does that mean I'm in Big Twelve country? Well. Uh, no, because that's the only one that's remotely close. I just gave you three. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. That's a technicality. Oh, so I'm in ACC and SEC country. That's fine. You were in the heartland of college football. Yeah. It's a good place. I believe I saw. I believe I saw with all this North Korea talk. You know, if North Korea hit United States with a nuke, yeah. uh, college football would survive because ACC and SEC territory is not threatened by North <laughs> Korea. So we Kyle. can sleep easy at night knowing, <laughs> knowing that. That college football is safe. Uh, nobody quote that. And, and, and <laughs> I'm just making an observation here. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's amazing so, if global global warming takes off that we are in trouble, though. 
So we'll oh yeah, it. yeah, we'll be we'll be playing underwater. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so edge defenders, right? Edge defenders, man. Yes. All right, so we kind of teased Arden Key already. Yep. As you know, big time name. Deshaun Hand is is one for Alabama. Big surprise. Alabama's got defensive prospects. Um, Hand, um, he's in a little bit of legal issue right now. I, I believe he was cited with a DUI. Uh, but Alabama's already come out and said he will play the full game against Florida State. So that'll be a great chance for for him to generate some pressure against a Florida State offensive line that could potentially be their Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really strong team. But if Alabama can get after them up front, uh, that can turn the tide in that in that football game, I guess, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Nice Talking about the tide. Nice yeah, there tie. you go. Um, so, so, Joe, I, I don't want to take the full slot i'm curious if you have any pass rushers that you're you're kind of pining to see as we get here closer to the season uh i guess the name that stands out cc jefferson out of florida he's another five-star guy who's flashed a lot of power you know yeah. just, just stuff where he, he, he's got long arms and a ton of pop in his hands and he's able to really control blockers with his hand technique and you know he just dumps them and, and, and makes plays so you know, he'll be ta- he'll be counted on to take a bigger role on that you know Florida just rotates a ton of defensive linemen it's you're watching your games trying to scout one I don't know if you've got caught on this you're like you, you you're focusing on a player and then he's just in and out in and out and, and so he's been one of those guys for Florida and I think he's going to take a more prominent role this year I mean obviously they lost I think three or four of their top guys last year to, to the NFL. And, and, and so, you know, five-star guy in his junior year, he's, he's going to be counted on to take the next step. He's not a big, he's not a bendy guy, you know, like a big flexible bendy dude, but power and, and length and, and, uh, and an anchor at, at the point of attack, you know, he's got that. And then kind of the com- complete opposite of him is, is uh, Marquise Haynes out of Mississippi. Who's he's made some offensive tackles look silly with his burst and speed around the edge. He's a smaller guy. Um, but uh, he's he's been able to really just kind of be faster than these offensive tackles and make a lot of plays in the backfield. Want to see maybe him do some more stuff in space uh, this year and show you know more of a of a well rounded skill set as a linebacker because I don't think he's going to be playing you know in the trenches exchanging power with NFL offensive tackles. But he's a guy that's proven to be able to get downhill and, and make plays in the backfield. So those are the other two guys, obviously outside of of Arden Key. Uh, that uh, you know, I'm curious about. Obviously, the two Georgia guys, David Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter. Uh, Carter probably a little bit more exciting than Bellamy, but uh, they got a couple guys out there to watch as well. Yeah, and and Haynes was the other one that I was going to bring up in this conversation because I totally agree with you. The off ball route is the way to go for him. Uh, you know, you want to buzz him down every once in a while and have him stand up off the edge, then great. But I think as just a pure rally defender a a chase guy you know you can get some value out of him in that regard on all three downs because he's i think he's athletic enough um but he's a nice twitchy pass rusher that uh you know he's going to continue to eat this year and uh really one of the only prominent prospects on that that program that's that's really facing a tough season this year with with everything that's happening with coach Hugh Freeze being Mm. They'll either let go or stepping down. So I'm sure they'll be happy to just get back on the gridiron there. Yeah. So I guess if we kind of transition here to off-ball linebackers, I know you like Rashawn Evans out of Alabama a ton. Um, and, and I haven't seen him, but I have seen Sean Dion Hamilton, his counterpart. And, and you know, you talk about a guy that can move in space and, and 
and close on the football and play physical, man. I like the Sean Deion Hamilton, and it sounds like you have some positive things to say about Evans, but it's some of the processing type stuff. But, you know, it, it seems like Alabama just always has – they always have guys everywhere. But, uh, you know, this Evans, Sean Deion Hamilton, tr- you know, duo here at linebackers is, a, is a, going to be a really good group. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. So, uh, yeah, with Evans – there's some reps that I watch him and I legitimately don't know what his responsibility is on the play. And that, that that's a problem for a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, but when he sees things developing between the tackles and he's assertive, my goodness, I mean, he's, he's quick to step down. He's got all the length that you want to have a guy that's able to separate from offensive linemen and keep bodies off of his chest and and stay clean and find his way through traffic. He's not overly powerful, uh, but if he's given a one gap responsibility and and a puller or a a fullback steps up into that, that lane, uh, he blows guys up and stonewalls them. So the back has to look somewhere else to try and spill the ball. So he's good with spill responsibility, getting his teammates involved in that regard. Um, It's when he has to go backwards. He looks like he's lost. And I'm just hoping he's super athletic. So I'm just hoping that, you know, more game experience for him will be really beneficial. Uh, I don't think there's a less enviable place to be than an underclassman linebacker at the University of Alabama. Because they they constantly like you don't get a chance to play unless you're an absolute star. You don't get a chance to play until you're a junior, at least as a rotational guy. They just just consistently. Yeah. So they they consistently have high end talent there at linebacker, and I think the it's the lack of seasoning with Evans that scares me a little bit because I don't know he I see him flash it, but I don't know he can do it consistently. Yeah, but well. if he does, uh, great range, great athleticism, loose hips, long arms, uh, explosive athletic traits, he checks a lot of boxes. And that's the difference between junior tape and senior tape. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. and it's interesting because we go from uh, four or five months of hard evaluations on guys that are either declared or seniors, and so you're seeing, you know, you're, that's it. There, there's no more tape to be put out to you know, guys that have another year of eligibility that either weren't eligible or didn't declare, and you know, you're seeing seeing what they offer and and they've got a whole season to to demonstrate you know some of that growth and it happens a lot of times man and and so you know those Alabama linebackers are really good examples of look at Reuben Foster you know he took that next step he took a monumental leap forward and he went from a guy that you know you know this is a good player you know you think he's got NFL starter traits to a guy that was number two on my draft board now other reasons pushed him down to the bottom of the first round for where he was actually drafted but these guys have a chance to so to show growth so if we talk about concerns with players you know it the, the script is not written yet and these they yeah. do improve the ink's not dry right absolutely that's and I think you made a good point in in referencing you know we've been doing hard evaluations from December through March. March or early April. So a lot of this language is kind of indoctrinated into us where I catch myself all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think this guy can do this. And it's like, wait, I always try and throw the disclaimer like halfway through a narrative because it's, he's not done playing yet. Yeah. So this is, this is not a hard stance. This is, you know, baseline assessment. And that's what we're making now. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure somebody at some point is going to do a an aha 
and they're going to take one of these snout yep. sound clips. <laughs> And they're going to say, oh, you were wrong about so-and-so. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Just, yeah. We're talking in August. So, uh, good point by you, Joe. Let's let's get through these defensive backs here quickly. Um, a lot of guys who have a, some talent, and they, they need to take the next step. I've done a lot of work here on these Alabama corners. Anthony Averett and Tony Brown both can move, both play physical, both need to show a lot more natural feel and coverage and, and natural mirability. Um, you know, they've been playing behind great players. That's what happens at Alabama. But those guys as seniors, you know, they have all the traits you're looking for, looking for them to take the next step. Uh, uh, you look at uh, uh, Duke Dawson, a corner from Florida, uh, you know, two of our guys on staff, Jonah Tolles and, and John Ledger, are very high on him as a potential starting slot corner at the next level. And and then there's uh, Minka Fitzpatrick out of Alabama. Kyle, I don't know if you've done enough work on him yet or not, but is that a safety or a cornerback for you? Uh, his ball skills have me comfortable with playing him in either spot. Yeah. So – if he plays loose on the back end, uh, if he's not really able to stick his foot in the ground and then, you know, be disciplined with his reads working out in space, play him at safety. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I, under, I understand why that narrative is there because it's you feel a lot better about just not giving him, you know, a, a, a one-on-one responsibility. You know, you can free him up to not freelance, but play loose. And just know it's like, all right, just don't be stupid and let somebody run straight by you. <laughs> now, now, now play forward and find the football. And his ball skills would allow him to do so. I think he's a good enough athlete to play as a roaming free safety in the middle of the field. So I see why that's there. And I'm going to take my own advice from what we just talked about, about <laughs> no hard line stances and say, let's see how he plays a corner this year. Yeah. Um, just getting to the safeties here. Ronnie Harrison, man, he's an animal. He's a safety from Alabama. He's a guy that will come down and light you up. I love how he attacks the football. And Dominic Sanders is a guy from Georgia who, who you know, if I want to say there's a sleeper, I think he's just a quality football player. He actually led the SEC in interceptions uh, two years ago. He's got a balanced skill set uh, against the run and pass. He reminds me a little bit of K.J. Dillon, a guy that both you and oh, I liked out of West that's Virginia. that's my dude, man. Well, I think, he, you know, I you, love KJ. You, you just watch him. It's just like everything's so sound, the angles, the coverage, the way he tackles. He does all the stuff you're looking for. Um, not a, a super high-impact player, but I think he's really solid and maybe takes a step forward this year. And then Armani Watts, man. Uh, yes. You talk about burst. You talk about uh, the ability to cover ground and, and, and disrupt at the catch point. And he's got he's got a lot of great traits about him. I want to see some, some consistency as a tackler. But um, other than that, I think Armani Watts is a guy who's got all the, all the traits you're looking for as a back-end guy at the next level. Yeah, I've seen Watts step up and, and tackle mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. It's just not with – there's some plays in which he, he it's almost like he makes the business decision, which is weird because he steps up in the alley and he drops a shoulder on Alabama running backs. Yeah. And then there's other times where he'll just kind of – he'll try and wrap you without actually putting his shoulder pads into you. So um, – but I really like his versatility. Um, I think he's much more rangy than what you're getting from Justin Evans, the free safety from Texas A&M that went to, uh, I believe, Tampa in the second round. Uh, So I think he has a great opportunity this year, especially with the other safety having vacated. You know, if they want to play multiple on the back end and kind of use him single high, use him in the intermediates, play him as the run support defender that's stepping up into the sideline and really filling the D-gap, 
uh, it should be a great year for Watts to showcase himself. And it's a big year because if he doesn't tackle with greater consistency, then the narrative's going to be set in stone. Yeah. And a, a shaky tackler on the back end as a safety, as a back end guy, it's a hard sell for a lot of folks. So, yeah. you know, Watts has every trait that you want. Now put it all together and play with it for a full season. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a. Um... A big year for him because you know, Justin Evans is gone. Some of the front seven talent is gone. So he'll have his chances to prove he's a physical player. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year in the SEC. So, I mean, naturally it makes sense. Joe, we probably could talk about another 10, 15 guys on this podcast. We but, could. Uh, and we'll get to them throughout the year. Yeah, <laughs> we'll touch on them all eventually. But yeah. for the sake of you know our sanity and probably yours, your heads are probably spinning. We probably threw a lot of names at you guys listening. If you're not draft Knicks hardcore, um, do some research on the guys we did talk about. That's going to wrap it for us today. Uh, Joe, we'll be back next week. We're going to have to uh, get creative here. Start of football season starts next weekend. Yes. We got games next weekend. So Week one expands uh, like 14 days, right? Like yeah, we it's, it's, week one is, is legitimately two full weeks of, of life calendar. <laughs> so we'll have plenty of time to celebrate week one. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, hit that subscribe button so you can continue listening to us throughout the season. Uh, let us know. You can hit us up on social media. I am at NDT Scouting on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. Uh, you can also read most of our works over at either NDTScouting.com or FanRagSports.com. We are on the NFL beat, the NFL draft beat, college football beat. Uh, we wear a lot of different hats. We're also great podcast hosts, as it turns out. So thank goodness for that. Uh, Joe, it was great to have you back. Yeah, thank great you. way to start the weekend is on a Friday. Have have my uh, co-pilot back in the seat with me. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys enjoy your last weekend without college football. I'm Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. All right, I'll get this over to you. Great. And I'll put it together reached the high fashion hotline hi my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction rock over to old navy old navy yep right now get up to 50 percent off jeans from 15 bucks for adults 10 bucks for kids at old navy and old navy.com up to 50 percent off jeans for the family that's music to my ears plus now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online pick up in store it's fun fast and free styles that take center stage and free pickup in store when i buy online old navy here we come high fashion old navy about 720 to 729 select styles only You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.